You are now listening to an episode of Champagne Problems with Nick Henderson. This is a podcast brought to you by Nine Lives Entertainment and Anchor. Each week I'll be taking a deep dive into the latest headlines of pop culture, getting some random rants off my chest, and also give you a little life advice along the way. I'm so glad you can make it. Now pop your bottle and grab your glass. Champagne Problems starts now. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Champagne Problems with Nick. I am your host. Uh, thank you so much for supporting me and continuing to listen every week. Um, I got to start by thanking y'all so much for um, y'all are continuing to support, y'all leaving reviews and or, or ratings, rather, uh, which I need to leave some reviews. Um, y'all are sharing my posts. Y'all are DMing me for topics. Um <clears throat> the list goes on and on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, we keep increasing in numbers. I'm, I'm really pushing for a certain number. Um, but to be a few weeks in, y'all really have had my back. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I got to give a shameless little plug before we get started. Um, if you are going to be in the Indianapolis area this Saturday, Christmas, Christmas night, um, and you are either a part of the LGBT community or LGBT friendly, y'all come out to Epic Ultra Lounge in Castleton um, at 10 p.m. Um, we're going to have a great time. Different music, uh, hip hop, uh, house, reggae, all of it. We, we're going to have a really, really good time. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um Make sure y'all come out. Check me out on social media if y'all need to look at the flyers and so on and so forth. But I hope to see y'all. I'm really excited about this event for whatever reason. But, yeah, um, I hope everybody had a great week. It's the last week. Wrap up your holiday shopping. Um, <laughs> I literally got started yesterday. Um, but not that many people are on my list. Um, no shade to anybody. It's just that, you know, I got to make sure i'm budgeting correctly and and all of that you know i can't be homeless trying to get everybody a christmas gift so um you know only a few people really got gifts but um yeah but i hope you guys had a great week um i returned back to work this week um if y'all were listening to some episodes before y'all know that my great uh aunt robin passed away and so i went out of town i took some bereavement time and all of that and so I came back on Monday and so um yeah it was a it was a easy breezy week um <laughs> I just had to tell this quick little story though something is uh, people are so funny so you know I work from home so and I know a lot of you are since the pandemic and all of that so um we were on a zoom call on Monday and some of the people on my team were like you know, hey, Nick, uh, you know, where you been? What, what happened to you? And I was just telling them that my great aunt passed. And so <laughs> mostly everybody on the call was just like, oh, wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you and just sending you positive vibes and, you know, on and on. And it's always one. It is always one. I had a Oh, bless her heart, a white woman, Megan. Yeah, I'm going to call her name out. But uh, Megan is so funny. She literally 
this is what she said. So she gets, <laughs> y'all know I love impersonating people, especially white people. But so she gets, after I finish saying that and everyone gives me their condolences, she's like, oh my God, Nick, I'm so sorry to hear that. Wow, you know, death is so crazy. It reminds me, um, I'm actually going to have to take a day off this week, but I don't know which day yet. Yeah, because my my fur baby is ill and so um, he's not going to make it, but um I don't know which day he's gonna leave us so yeah you know so it's tough like and I was just like you could hear a fucking pin drop on the call like we were all just like staring at each other like we were frozen like nobody knew what to say what to do like it was so funny I was just like did she really just compare her damn dog to my great aunt like white people love their fucking animals like and I didn't want to be insensitive because I'm not a big I'm not a pet person but I know you know pet losing pets is really tough on people but I was just like okay like girl wrong wrong time okay coming in all loud and wrong and um she um and then she turned around and was like, but but anyway, I didn't mean to make this about me. I'm just going to mute myself really quickly. And it's like she muted herself and got herself together and came back on the call. But it was just like too much. Like even white people were on the line, like looking like, bitch, are you for real? Like <laughs> it was it was really funny. But I just had to share that quick story. Like white white women are hilarious, which I'm actually going to talk about that later in my random rants. But yeah. So anyway, um. Another thing that happened this week that was very interesting, I've been really toying with getting into voice uh, voiceover work because I've been hearing for years, oh, you should do voiceovers. You, you have a voice for radio, which is, you know, hence this podcast. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of was like, hmm, okay, yeah, I could do some voiceovers for like commercial stuff, advertise, promo type of thing. I never thought of myself as like trying to be like an actual actor, uh, a voice actor like with you know what I mean so um it was so funny though I ran across this um I've been saying over and over like oh I need to do this you know this demo this voice actor demo and it, it's like a uh, three minute um audio clip of basically about five different types of what, commercials or whatever you want to do it's just like a like a demo reel um and I was looking into some agencies that were um, here locally that represent voice actors and neighbors said I needed headshots and that kind of not discouraging, but just kind of threw me a bit because I'm like, oh, God, I got to go get headshots, um, which I need to take a professional photo shoot anyway. Um, I've been really meaning to do that, but I was just kind of like, oh, so I kind of put it on the back burner. So anyway, the other day I was scrolling through Facebook and just happened to come across this advertisement of this app called uh, Dipsy, I think. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's a, an, an, an erotic audio story app. <clears throat> so basically, like, if you, you know, you want to listen to erotic stories, but, you know, just audio, um, you go to this app or whatever. And I guess it was created by women uh, for women not just for women, but basically empower women about sexuality and so on and so forth. So I was just like, oh, that's interesting. But I remember thinking like, I could do that. Like I, I could, you know, I know how to get sexy now, you know? <laughs> so I was like, Hmm. Okay. And, um, so something just told me inside, like Google this app and see if they have any type of, um, 
information on talent or whatever. So I Googled the app and uh, or behold, I ended up finding um, a page on the uh, on their website that basically has submissions for if you wanted to be <laughs> a, a vocal talent, a voice actor or whatever. So I was like, oh, and literally it was easy. Like they were just like you can record it on your phone or if you have a studio Um you know, that's fine. You can, it gave you like these scripts. You had to do like three different things. One was a monologue and two were, uh, like dialogue. And so, um, yeah, so I recorded them and I sent them in. And so they said it takes like four to six weeks to get back with you. And if they do get back with you, um, you basically get put in their database and, um, they will send you auditions you know, for things that they think that's a good fit. Uh, one of the things I noticed was they have like a section called Black Voices, which is obviously for, you know, urban stories and <clears throat> stories read by black actors. But what was interesting, the only black male that I saw, I only saw one black male. Um, and weird enough, it's um, the guy, if you guys watch HBO's Insecure, it's the guy that plays Dro. Um, yeah, so he's on there like, ooh, I put my hand around her neck and then I like <laughs> it's kind of funny. But anyway, so I was like, yeah, I could do that. So one was a monologue. Where they're not all like raunchy stories. Either. Some of them are like romance and all of that. So I did um, a scene like a monologue that was a uh, me talking about going to a party and running into like an old crush. So it was not non-sexual. I think that was the one I actually did the best on. And then there was a dialogue one where I was talking to someone like running into an ex. That was kind of weird because you're like reading a character, but you're not hearing anybody back or anything. So you're like saying your line and pausing and then saying the other line. It's kind of weird. But anyway, and then the other dialogue was a sex scene. So I had to be like moaning and, you know, all this stuff. That was funny. But um. So I submitted those three. I actually think I did a pretty good job, but I like the fact that they're looking for, um, you know, professional actors and people, you know, like new talent. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I don't know. I just felt like it was a sign because it just it literally fell in my lap. Um, and with like the um, advertisement, how that works on Facebook, because I wasn't searching for <laughs> uh, erotic audio apps or anything like that. And the advertisement wasn't about voice actors it was just about the app itself but there was just like i said something inside me that was just like eh, check it out and so there it was so wish me luck on that i hope i can get a little you know maybe that's where i get my little start but anyway um <laughs> so that was my week um but i hope you guys had a great week hope you finished up with your christmas shopping and things like that and uh we about to get into this these random rants so, as I was saying earlier, um, y'all know I was saying that we were going to be talking about white women <laughs> and them being funny. Um, so, that's what we got first up for the random rant. So, I, a lot of people don't know this about me. So, I find unproblematic white women to be the funniest white people on the planet. Like, white women are <laughs> hilarious to me. Um and I, the reason I say unproblematic white women because, you know, I can't with the Karens. Like, I, I really can't. Like, I, I remember there was an account that I used to follow on Instagram where it was like, uh, like 
posted videos of all the different Karen type behavior uh, last year or whatever. And I literally I would get upset watching the videos like I just I can't with them. So um, I love that um, actress and comedian Amanda Seals. Uh, she plays Tiffany on uh, Insecure. She was talking about how um, she calls people that aren't Karens. She, she calls them Hannah's. So like <laughs> Hannah is the, the ally, the one that we fuck with. Karen is, you know, we all know what a Karen is. So the Hannah's of the world, I they are hilarious. The reason why white women are so funny to me, though, is because they don't know why they're funny. Um, and they're not trying to be funny. And it's just, I, I don't, <laughs> like I was talking about the story earlier with the dog. Like she wasn't, of course, not trying to be funny. She was dead ass. She wasn't, you know, not, she didn't mean any harm. Like she just was having a genuine moment. But that was funny to me. Like it, it was just funny. Um, and I worked in customer service for many years in call centers. And so it would just be hilarious to me when I would just hear uh, different white women on the phones and saying crazy shit and and uh, when they get upset or when you know just they're bothered by something or, or whatever and even in my retail days going way back like white women are just really funny I grew up in the suburbs for the teenage my teenage years and so like it <laughs> suburban white women actually are the funniest ones if we want to like really narrow it down suburban white women are the funniest people walking this planet um they they just are they really really are and i just think about the white women in your life <laughs> and just think about how funny they are they're like they just say the silliest shit um and they they have no idea why we find it comical they really really don't um yeah, but that, that's really all I had to say about that is like, you know, white women that are unproblematic, they are just hilarious to me. And God bless them. I mean, really, God bless them. Um, I was going to say, uh, which one do I want to talk about first? We'll go into this one. So one topic that kind of came up. Um, and actually it really wasn't a submission. It was kind of in conversation and he had mentioned that I, maybe it would be a good podcast topic. Um, so it came from Brit. Hey, Brit. <laughs> and let me clarify something real quick. Brit is not my man or even someone that I'm dating yet, but, uh, he is, um, no, he's somebody I actually have not even met yet. Um, but he's just such a cutie pie. Y'all have to see Brit. But anyway, um, he was saying that uh, I got flustered. What were we talking about? Oh, he was saying uh, about friends and support. And it made me think I, I've talked about it in my first round when I first had my podcast a few years back. And um, I was kind of coming from an angry place. So <laughs> I'm coming from a different angle this time around. And so um it's you know the whole friends and support thing is very interesting because we are always looking for um support from our friends from different things but this is i'm specifically talking about um your endeavors business ventures things like that that's where it seems to be where a lot of the frustration comes from um uh, because we feel like oh wow you know 
I hear this all the time and I used to say it and it's still true. Like, okay, you'll support people that are already wealthy and famous, you know, like the Beyonce's the Nicki Minaj, the, 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 the list goes on and on. But I can't get you to repost something about, you know, that I make cupcakes or whatever. And I find that to be very disheartening. It really is. But I, I also learned that you have to just kind of move on. You really have to move on as frustrating as it is. Cause believe me, I know, I know. Um, but one of the things that you have to kind of realize is not everything that you're doing is there, is their thing. I'll give you an example. I was very pissed when I had first started this podcast a couple of years ago. Um, when there were people in my close circle, I'm talking that I hung with every weekend who couldn't even tell you the name of my podcast never bother listening and it would really really bother me like I'm just like are they serious like you know how the hell do you hang with me every week and and then be like oh well what's been up and I'm like you know just the podcast and working oh right yeah 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 so what what are you talking about on the podcast and is it just you or is it other hosts or what and I used to be like are you fucking kidding me like we tight and you don't even you haven't even listened like you know and I would be like weeks in and I just thought wow that's really really crazy but you know they they would share a post you know what I mean or something like that pertaining to the podcast and what I found is that some people just aren't into podcasts so I can't be mad that you're just not a podcast listener you know what I mean and I think I spent a lot of time trying to convert people like oh you'll like a podcast it's like radio but without the music it's like talk radio and whatever and people would just be like oh, okay but you know they weren't listening and so I love when I hear someone say you're the only podcast I listen to I deleted that damn podcast thing off of my home screen when I got my iPhone but you know I added it and uh all of that, and you're the only podcast. I've never listened to a podcast before, but I like yours, and I'll keep listening. I love to hear that um, because, you know, I really I was listening to podcasts, but not heavy. I have to say before I started one, I, I had about maybe five or six podcasts that I was listening to and not even regularly. But um, but I like that kind of format, obviously. Um, you know who I wish had a podcast was Wendy Williams. Like, I know she's going through this whole thing with her show and, and all of that. I'm sorry to get off on a tangent, but I love me some Wendy Williams. Um, she honestly is the reason, honestly, one of the biggest reasons why I even do this. Like, as far like the inspiration, like, Wendy back on the radio days, not even with her guest. Like, just when she would just be just talking for hours, I would listen to them on YouTube, obviously, because I, I don't live on the East Coast. But, um that was what inspired me about a podcast because that was basically what she did on fucking live air like she'd be flipping through magazines and just talking about random shit that she would see in the magazine and all like I, you know of course the interviews were legendary like the Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey and all of that but um I just enjoy listening to her talk like that I wish she would actually do a podcast because she could be unfiltered and but anyway, um, but I just know some people don't get into podcasts like that. So I let that go of just being upset by somebody close to me um, that doesn't listen to podcasts. Actually, somebody in my life right now, I haven't said anything to him about it, but I don't think he listens. And um, I probably see him more than anybody right now in my life as far as, you know, sometimes you have different um 
kind of cycles of how friends come kind of come in and out of your life. And I've brought up the podcast and whatever, but I could just tell by our conversation he has not listened, not once. Um, but I this time around, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to be upset about it. I don't, you know, it is what it is because I know he probably doesn't. I don't think he listens to podcasts, so I don't think it's anything personal. And so that's kind of what I'm saying. Uh, and I say all that to say that basically is that I don't think it's always personal. I think you know when it is personal and when it isn't. Now, if you have a line of t-shirts or hoodies or any type of clothing and and your friend has not purchased an item or um whatever like that they don't like your clothes so it is personal you know i did uh, which i think i am gonna bring back so i have my the name of my company is nine lives entertainment um and real quick nine lives just kind of represents constantly reinventing yourself and um all of that jazz <laughs> but um my my logo is of uh, a leopard i love leopards and um it's like this really cool looking leopard and and um anyway it's like a really good looking logo and so i just thought oh it would look nice on like shirts and hoodies and things like that and so i put it on some some shirts and hoodies and tank tops um a couple of years ago well, actually last year and probably top of last year. And um, I started, you know, kind of selling them. And I wasn't trying to necessarily. It was kind of a soft clothing line kind of thing. Like I just kind of wanted to see if people were interested. And, you know, some people bought them, some people didn't. But I have to say all the people that are in my close circle, they all bought stuff. Um, without me having to be like, you know, bitch, can you buy this and post it? You know what I mean? <laughs> like they actually you know, because I would see the names of the orders or whatever, and they they actually bought the stuff. You know, and I wasn't looking for like this big uh, thing. You know, it's just lounge stuff. You know, hoodies and t-shirts. So I don't care that you you know you wear it to bed or you you know to run errands or whatever. I wasn't looking for you to wear it to the club and and all of that. But um, I actually think I'm gonna bring it back. The reason I I kind of stopped was I just kind of I did it prematurely. I felt like I felt like your brand needs to get more known before you start putting it on merchandise because people don't trust the brand yet, which is me. So um, I think once I kind of gain a little more popularity, just in general, like my brand, I think I will relaunch and do like a, um, get my Shiba Sheree on, do some joggers. And uh, who, by the way, I love, by the way. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think I'm going to kind of get into the hoodies and joggers and more stuff because the stuff was really cute. I have to say, it's just cute. And I kind of changed my logo too. It's it's now kind of like very pro-black and um, it ended up looking a lot better to me. So anyway, but um yeah, so like people, everyone's not going to support you in the way that you think that you need to be supported. And that doesn't always mean that someone's a hater. But sometimes that is the case. Um, you know, because even in engagement, I can say like there are times where I can post something. And it happens quite a bit where I can post something pertaining to the podcast like um, whatever, you know, like, oh, new episode is out, blah, 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 links below. And I may get like seriously like three likes. Um, not five minutes later, I could post a selfie, 80, 90 likes done. Like, 
and not even a thirst trap. Don't get me started on my thirst traps. But, yeah, so, like, I just be like, wow. Even when I post flyers for um, my events, like, I could post a flyer. It's a cute amount of little likes. Never really hits more than 10. Like, it's actually very interesting. Um, and um, same thing. I can post a selfie or I can post, uh, make a joke or something like that. Sometimes I crack a little joke or whatever I'm and I get a bunch of likes. So it lets me know that people just don't engage in that. Another thing I notice is people don't like you constantly like hocking your shit. Um, you know, I had to learn that as well. You have to have a balance on social media of you being someone that is promoting your brand, so to speak, or you're aspiring to be a brand um, and your personal life. Because a lot of times what people don't, I don't know how this became a, a entrepreneur advice thing. But anyway, a lot of people, um, in my opinion, they just constantly promote, 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 promote. I don't like personally if I go to your page and I take, you know, a swipe down and it's just like the first 10 of your posts are about like, check this out, check this link out, check out my YouTube show, do like, and there's nothing personal in between, I actually don't like that, and honestly, there's a lot of people who feel that way, it feels spammy, and it's just not, it's not personal, and it's not engaging, it just makes you just be like, oh my god, like, give me a break, so I had to learn that, like, you have to weave in your personal life, because you, when you're an entrepreneur, the truth is, you are the brand, you are the face of the brand, you are the brand, so, if people don't like you, they're not buying what you're selling or even supporting what you have. Um, and I can even attest to that this time around with the podcast. Before, I wasn't very popular. I'm still not that popular, but I, I wasn't popular at all. And I had a very low amount of social media friends um, compared to, I guess, the average person. And... Um, so I really and I didn't post a lot. I posted probably maybe once a day, but I know for some people that's like, oh, that I mean, you know, that's normal. But you know, there's some people who post all day long, and so I would post maybe once a day, and it would be something random. You know, I post a lot of like food pictures and you know, inspirational quotes and things like that. But it wasn't a whole lot of stuff that necessarily showed my personality. And then once I started having Sorry, excuse me. Once I started having like um, business ventures, I was like constant, you know, always promoting that. And that became the only thing I was posting. And I wasn't getting any engagement and I was getting really pissed about it. But I realized that, you know, it had a lot to do with, um, you know, just you have to be likable and you have to find that balance. So. That's another reason why sometimes friends are not supporting you. And also, let's not use the, we use the friend, the term friend very loosely. Like, we just throw that out there. Not everyone is your friend, you know, just because it's called a Facebook friend or whatever, they're not your friend. You know what I mean? Like, so everyone's not obligated to jump on the bandwagon and be your promo team. So, you know, everybody calm down. But. Anyway, but yeah, I, I thought that was a good topic to touch on because I think some of us get in our feelings a lot. And a lot of us, we stop doing things because we don't get the support. And the truth is, it's the strangers that, and we hear it all the time, but I I don't think it resonates with people. But 
the truth is strangers are going to be the ones that are going to be your money makers and they're going to be the ones to take you to the top not your friends and family so and i remember that's a hard pill to swallow someone told me that who is successful in business and all he was like um you have to understand that your friends and family are not your target demographic they're not your demographic at all and that was like a chop in the neck like i was like what do you mean like it was just like that that they're not your your target demographic that's not who you should be seeking and uh he is right and i have to say my one of my biggest if not the biggest supporter of this podcast especially the first time around is a guy that i don't even know his name is jeff shout out to jeff i I love me some jeff um jeff is from atlanta georgia i've never met him a day in my life i don't even know how we became connected but we became connected on instagram following each other i I actually i think i know i think it has something to do with kelly (laughs) Rowland. Because I love me some Kelly Rowland, of course, anybody in Destiny's Child. But he used to do some, he used to work for Kelly Rowland some years back. Um, And I think we might have found each other commenting on some sort of like Kelly Rowland fan page or something like that. I think that's how we ended up following each other. And um, he was the first person to like really engage with me about my podcast and all of that. And we've become you know good social media friends and you know i i haven't even been to atlanta so long but i keep saying when i go we're gonna have to link because um he really has been very supportive um and that's a genuine connection because like i said i we don't know each other and um he just supports just because he he truly likes the brand so i i really enjoy that uh so yeah shout out to my boo jeff um but yeah, so that's all I have to really say about that. Um, another thing I want to talk about was, uh, I'm sorry if I feel like I'm kind of talking fast. I'm trying not to give y'all a fucking hour and a half show. <laughs> but anyway, um, I kind of wanted to touch on black stories in Hollywood. So this week I got a chance to like watch some things and um, it was just interesting kind of seeing the different dynamics of of black culture represented um on different shows and movies and things like that so my old ass have started making a list in my phone of like different movies and shows and like literally putting next to it what streaming service is on because y'all know how it is like nowadays everything is so spread out and scattered around like you just don't know you'd be like is that on hulu or is that on netflix or is that on prime or is that on is that on Pluto or is that on Peacock? Like you just be like, damn, it's so hard to keep up with what shows and movies are on what platform. So I kind of make a list and of things that I, when I see a trailer or if I see someone talking about a lot, um, a show or something a lot on social media. And so um, I had been reluctant to watch this movie called Single All the Way on Netflix. It's an LGBT Christmas film. And I just thought it was interesting because I was like, oh, okay, they're they're finally stepping into, you know, the right direction because the LGBT section of Netflix is pitiful. It is pitiful. They put all these movies on, be the same goddamn movie. Like, okay, like we're tired of Paris is Burning. We're tired of, um, what's the movie about ball culture? Leave it on the floor where they're singing every goddamn five minutes. Um, we're tired of, or just putting movies on there that are not actual gay characters, but it's just movies that gay people like. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't think it's there right now, but you know, like putting mean girls in the LGBT category, like grow up. Um, so <laughs> it's just, there's a movie that was called the skinny with, um, Jesse Smollett that used to be on there in rotation, like, which I think is a little cute movie, but anyway, so I was just kind of like, okay, this is cool. They're doing a, um, a Christmas movie. Um, that's centered around gay characters so that should be cute and in my mind before I even saw a trailer or anything I was like I know it'll be white um and it it was white-ish um because they had a a black character who was a main character so the movie real quick is just about um this white gay guy who goes home every year for Christmas I think they live in LA and he goes home, I want to say like New Hampshire or something like that, every Christmas. And he always gets tired of his family uh, making fun of him or trying to set him up because he's always the single one. And so his best friend is a black guy named Nick. And um, he comes up with this plan of like, you should come home with me and pretend that you're my boyfriend. My family already loves you. They always say we should get together. Why don't you just pretend to be my boyfriend? So they code to the guy's hometown. The cover gets blown about them being, you know, pretending to be boyfriends. They try to set the white guy up on a blind date. Blah, blah, blah. You can pretty much figure out what happens from there. It's literally like a Hallmark movie, but gay. But it, I thought it, it was corny. Like I said, like a, one of those Hallmark Christmas movies, but it was cute. Um, it wasn't like overly raunchy. Actually, there was no sex scenes, nothing. I, I, I know they did that just because they were trying to make sure it wasn't too gay. But um, the black guy, he's been getting a lot of attention because everyone's like, oh, he's cute, which he is. He's a handsome guy. Um, And but I have to say the thing that I didn't like about it was it was very it it was almost too white. And what I mean by that is like, okay, like so you're going to have one token black gay character. And granted, okay, yes, he's the main character. Good for him. But. I think what bothered me about it was um, there was no other representation of of anybody black. Um, I think the story was that Nick didn't have any family or or he was either estranged from his family or people just kind of stereotypical to me. Um, Also, and I hate to say this because I always get on people by saying this of like talking white and all that. But you know he sounded like a west hollywood gay if you close your eyes you wouldn't know he was black and that kind of bothered me a bit and even in some of the scenes in the beginning of the movie where they were around like their friends he was the only black person and i'm just like okay that's not really realistic that a black person that's gay doesn't have that just has all white gay friends like okay so i that part i didn't like either um but it was interesting just, you know, seeing black representation when it comes to an LGBT film. Of course, it would not have went over well if it was an all black LGBT film because Christmas and gayness doesn't go together in the black community, which because of religion. But that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was interesting. Overall, it was an OK movie. It was cute. You know, it it did have some fun, like little white humor that I really enjoyed or whatever. But I just I would like for us to have more black LGBT stories because it just isn't like I I was talking to my friend about that. Like, I think that Noah's Ark honestly needs to reboot 
and use like four new younger characters or someone needs to create a show that um, is similar to a Noah's Ark. But, you know, just uh, Noah's Ark was like basically like a gay girlfriend or a gay six in the city, a gay black version. Um, And it was on Logo for two seasons back in like 2007, I believe. And so there really hasn't been anything like that since. Um, and there's a lot of like little YouTube and I don't want to say it like that, like little YouTube, but there's like web series and things that are on YouTube, but not all of them. They're great. And they're really just centered around sex scenes, which they are good, but still. So it's like that Cinemax softcore porn kind of thing. But anyway, so, um, I would just like to see more black representation in LGBT films and shows um but another thing i got to uh of course i'm watching insecure i'm very very sad that um there's only one episode left uh which is this sunday actually uh so i don't know like insecure really they knocked it out of the park just Issa really knocked this out of the park as far as just a show overall it is a really really great show just has such great black representation and it's unapologetically black which I like it's just like you're not trying too hard it just is like it just is I really really enjoy that show so I hate that it's it's gonna be over um yeah so that's really all I had to say about that is I'm sad that Insecure is gonna be over and I hope that you know more shows like it come about um and speaking of I got a chance to check out the show um Harlem Harlem is on Amazon Prime, and the main star is Megan Good, who actually is a part of our Hot Topics today, so we'll get to that, but um, um, it's Megan Good and three other ladies, and it's kind of like a Sex in the City uh, situation, obviously they're in Harlem, and um, and it's just about them, you know, navigating career and love and, you know, all of that, and it's I was hesitant about it because a lot of people were talking about it, how good it was, but I don't know, that kind of turns me off from shows sometimes for whatever reason, and so I finally binged um, like seven episodes. I thought I finished it. This was so funny. So I was I was watching the episodes, and um, you know how when an episode finishes, like it'll just automatically play the next episode. So I guess... After you play so many, it won't automatically do that because they don't know if you're still there or not. Kind of like when Netflix is like, are you still there? Um, so after the seventh episode, there was like kind of a, like a cliffhanger, but it didn't go to the next episode. So I thought it was over. Like I was like, oh, wow. Like they tried it, leaving it on this little cliffhanger. And and um, and then uh, only having seven episodes for the first season, they could at least had eight, you know. Um, or whatever and so I stopped watching only to pull it up the other day and realize there's three more fucking episodes so I have to watch those (laughs) so um, I'm kind of excited though because I was sad that it was over but Harlem is a great show um, and it's just it represents black so well Um, it really does even though it's about women um, it, it, it represents it just represents black people very well and in the big city. And of course there's different personalities, you know, you got the bougie one, the kind of ghetto one and the hopeless romantic. And it's a really great, great show. It reminds me of weird enough. I have a script for a web series that I'm working on and it is centered around men and it's 
it's basically like the show Harlem in a sense. Um, kind of a combination. It was inspired by Insecure. Um, and I'm kind of rewriting some stuff because I, I started the script several years ago. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I love the show Harlem. It actually makes me want to move to New York. Um, I've only been to New York once, but it was a really great visit. Um, and actually Harlem, we went to Harlem and, and we stayed in Manhattan in Times Square. And, you know, we visited different areas, but we didn't really, it was just so much to cover. We didn't really venture a lot out of um, Manhattan. Like, what do you call those again? Are they called like, or whatever like areas of town like Brooklyn Bronx you know blah 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 blah. we didn't get a chance to go to a lot of those Harlem was really the only place we get because when we were in in uh, Manhattan we went to like Chelsea and uh you know different things which you know it's not its own thing it's just kind of an area or uh the garment district or the whatever you know we did we dealt with a lot of stuff in Manhattan but Harlem was the only place we got like on the subway and went out to and I remember having such a like a really cool feeling when I was in Harlem like I was like oh I, I fucks with Harlem like it's it's black and people to me were even though New Yorkers are not the friendliest I felt like people were actually friendly in Harlem um maybe I wasn't there long enough but I I, I don't know I really enjoyed it we were and I think people could tell we were tourists but they were nice as far as that and I remember we took a lot of great pictures and some of them I lost. I don't know where they are, but because um, I took a lot of pictures and uh, there's these uh, murals on the side of uh, the Apollo Theater. I cannot find those damn pictures. But um, one picture that I have for sure that I love is me and my best friend, Joy. We just randomly sat on someone's steps on their brownstone <laughs> and we took this picture. We thought we were so New York, but it's a cute picture. Um and um, I was just telling my friend that last night he was saying I'm bougie. If I lived in New York and had money, I would love to live in a brownstone. I love uh, actually my apartment. The reason I live in a historic building, I love historic buildings because they have a lot of space. But they remind me of New York, which is yeah, which is why I like historic buildings and things like that. Just like the hardwood floors and higher ceilings and just it just reminds me like I don't know. But anyway. It made me really, really like New York a lot. And I was the show Harlem. And I was like, damn, I kind of I need to take another visit to New York. Um, I think the only reason I wouldn't want to move to New York is because of um, the weather. I don't want to move from cold to cold. -er. (laughs) So, you know, me being a Midwest guy. So I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. So. Oh, and another thing about the show Harlem that I really liked as far as representation um, they're one of the main characters out of the four is a lesbian. And I like the fact that, um, like, I think she was the first sex scene. It was, I, you know, we assumed it would be Megan good. Cause it's like the, uh, um, she's the main character. Like if it's, if you watch a girlfriend or six in the city, like she's the Joan Clayton or the Carrie Bradshaw. Um, and so, but yeah, the first sex scene was with, uh, the lesbian character and I liked that it's it was very like normalized and it just I, I don't know I really like that as well that we really have better like queer representation on on black shows too um but yeah I, I think it's a dope show so I can't wait to finish those three episodes I'm actually re-watching because a friend of mine wanted to watch 
And so I was like, well, I don't mind starting it over. So we started it over. And so I'm going to kind of watch it with him. But yeah, um, it's a it's a great show. But I, I really want to continue to see more black representation and done right. Because a lot of times it's just not done right. And that's what bothers me the most. Sometimes it's like, yeah, there are a lot of black shows, but are they good black shows? And I need to venture out more, too, because there's so many apps now that I'd be like, oh, what is that? And I mean, like there's actresses and actors that I think that don't work anymore, <laughs> you know, that were like hot in the 90s. And I'd be like, poor things like they ain't worked in so long, and you know. And then I'll run across something and it'll be like, I'm just use her in this example. But like Essence Atkins, I'll say. I don't know. She is on some show on some streaming network, but like it'll be somebody like her, like where you be like, damn, you know, after half and half and all her time, like she doesn't really work like that. And then you'll like jump on something and she'll be on your like, your explore page or whatever. And it'll and I'll be like, oh, what is she up to? And I'll click her page and it'll be like season four of such and such show out now. And I'm like, season four. I'm like, what the hell have you been doing? You know, and it'll be on like some random streaming network, or, you know, and I'll be like, oh, wow. Like streaming has really gave given um, black actors and actresses um, and even writers and producers and directors so much. um room to to you know just have a space to create and I really really like that as a matter of fact I was saying that about my uh, script that I was working on originally I was just like you know I'll just throw like the pilot on YouTube and kind of go from there and it'll be a YouTube but I'm like I may pitch to those like streaming networks because there's so many there are so many streaming networks that you know have black content so you never know you never know but um yeah, so enough of that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about in Random Rants was a topic that just kind of fell in my lap. I was scrolling on Facebook earlier and saw this, and it just really, really tickled me. Um, and it was kind of like it was someone's tweet, and it was from a, some girl, and she was just like, hear me out, um, enemies with benefits. And I was just like, hmm. Because, you know, the phrase friends with benefits, which, of course, is you being friends with someone, but you have sex with them casually, kind of no strings. And I love friends with benefits, by the way, like I almost prefer friends with benefits over a relationship. But that's a whole nother topic. Um, And so um, I was like, enemies with benefits is very interesting. And it sounds ridiculous when you first say it. But honestly, like, think about it. There are I won't lie. There are some people who I can't stand. But I'm like, I still would fuck them. <laughs> like, you know, maybe one of those things of like, you know, don't say nothing to me afterwards. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't doing but mm, on a night with a little liquor or something after the club. Like, yeah, that that could work. And I just thought, like, I wonder what y'all think about that. Like, could y'all have a enemy with benefits? You know, a lot of people always talk about, like, hate sex and, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm like, that could be very interesting. There's actually, like, two people that crossed my mind that I was like, I could do that. <laughs> like, I could actually do that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't hear from them unless it's like, what's up? What you doing? Can I come through? Can you come through? Whatever, whatever. Wham, bam. We do it. It's like, I still don't fuck with you. You know what I mean? Like, that could be kind of interesting. I'm just saying. Um, But let me know what y'all think about that. Um, I don't know. that. I just think that's a very interesting concept. It's very 
I feel like such a millennial kind of thing, but it, I don't know. I think it could work. I really do. <laughs> I really do. You never know. That may end up being your new boo too. You never know. You may realize you actually like each other. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was very, very interesting. So I don't know. That's, I, I don't even have a lot to say about it because I was just like, damn, I have to like really ponder on that. But I just thought I'd throw that into, into my random rants or something for y'all to think about. That's truly one of those, you know, things that make you say, hmm. But um, anyway, that's enough of my random rants. Uh, let's get into these hot topics because I have a couple of topics that I really want to talk about. Uh, yeah, so let's go. Okay, so let's get into these hot topics. So the first thing I want to talk about, <laughs> oh, it's hard to even get it out. But the first thing I want to talk about is Miss Britney Spears. Britney uploaded a video to her Instagram of her singing. Um, I don't even know what she was singing, <laughs> but she was singing some song a cappella, and it has got everybody talking she uploaded this video a day ago um (laughs) it's i'm laughing because it it was just it was interesting first of all let me say this britney is somebody who i've always really really liked i've always liked her as an artist I, i think the music's great i think you know she's a great entertainer and all of that even on the vocal side of things um when she was a kid I always felt like she had a big voice and she had soul and could really sing and then she became famous and I'm like what happened and I I, there's so many things I've heard and you know so many different documentaries and everything and it's been said that that was just kind of how they wanted her to sound like a I think it was described as like a sexy robot and that was that was the sound they wanted her to be her signature sound and that's what she's done and so she's just essentially using a small part of her voice um and it's worked for her obviously she's one of the biggest entertainers in the world and um you know it worked out however you know it has also people have clowned her for having you know no vocal ability over the years so she yeah jumps up and and uploads this video and i mean and she is like singing y'all like she is like if you haven't seen it like she is loud and like re- like doing runs and like it is really it's funny because it's just like i'll say this like it wasn't horrible it really wasn't the thing is but that's coming from someone who has musical talent like she Britney can actually sing. Um, it's just that she is very rusty. Just some of her choices that she was making <laughs> and and notes and things. But like when I tell you she was belting like Christina Aguilera, like for real. Like it was it was interesting to watch. Um because she thought she sang down. And she really could have had she just dialed it back just a little bit and made some better choices i think she of course was nervous and she just needs some work she honestly just needs to see a vocal coach and get back on track because there is a voice there i have to say it really is um 
there were certain things she did that I was like, okay, she actually knows what she's doing. She just, she just hasn't been able to sing in that type of, that type of way in 20 years. So, I mean, you know, so that, that, that has to be hard. So I just think she needs to get with a coach. The first person that came to my mind was actually that guy that does, um, he does like Taco Tuesdays and all that. I cannot think of his name right now. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, he, I think he should work with her and, um, I think he could really work some wonders because she actually can, can sing. I just think that that was a very poor choice to make <laughs> uploading that video. I mean, cause it has gone viral and little yesterday. That was all anybody was talking about. And, um, and today people, you know, have wasted no time. There's already a video that is hilarious. Um, where they have put her vocals have matched them up with a song by Mary Mary. What was their first single that like, I just want to praise them or whatever. And they kind of took like the no shade. They took really the best parts where she was actually kind of shining and they threw them on to the song where so it's like, she's like ad living over the song. It is hilarious. Um, I almost put it in the podcast as the opening clip, but I'm like, I'll leave it alone. But that requires me to edit, and I, y'all know I don't like doing that. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, like poor Brittany, she's she's funny though. Here's the thing, like, of course, if y'all follow her enough, y'all know she was in this crazy conservatorship, um, forever, and now she's finally free. So she's kind of doing the things that she's always wanted to do. I've spoken on this before in the sense of like. She needs, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or on maybe just my social media, but she needs to kind of dial it back and calm the fuck down because I have to say she's looking very much crazy and I hate to call people crazy, especially people who have dealt with mental issues um, and and not, not uh, necessarily disabilities, but, you know, just mental health issues and she is looking very like she got released from a psychiatric facility too early that's what she's given and listen I have been around people that have been to those kind of places and I know what that looks like when you need to go back and that's kind of what she is appearing like and so my fear is that She's going to upload too many crazy videos and someone's going to snatch her back into a conservatorship, whether it be under her dad or someone else. I don't think she should be under one, um, especially under her dad. But she is making me very, very nervous. Like she's like it's like a kid. It's like watching her. You want to just be like, Brittany Jean, knock it off right now. Do you want me to call your dad? Like that's how I feel like I'm just like, girl, you better try to pull yourself together because your dad is sitting back right now watching, like, mm-hmm, try to tell your ass, like, and and that's what I'm afraid to see, um, because she's obviously a little off, you know, let's be clear about that and call a spade a spade, she is not 100% mentally well, um, however, I do think that she is more than capable to, of being on her own, you know, you can't tell me, like, She's in a, she was in a conservatorship and they were saying, you know, she can't handle her own affairs and this and that. But she was like working like she was acting and doing X Factor and all of this. I'm like, 
okay, so she's well enough to keep making money, but she wasn't willing, like, come on now. But she is coming off crazy. Like, I mean, I've read posts where she was talking about getting money out of the ATM for the first time and buying candles and what. And anytime I see a video where she's like, hi, I, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, with that fucking, with those terrible extensions and that raccoon eyeliner and mascara i'm like oh help her jesus um she does look like a a nut i have to say (laughs) so i'm like tread lightly brit brit tread lightly um because miss thing is looking a little cuckoo i have to say like she is just an umbrella away from (laughs) from going back to wherever you know conservatorship and you know, y'all remember when she was beating the damn car with that umbrella back in the day. But yeah, she just I, she just needs to pull herself together. She really does. Um, and I, you know, like I told you, I always read the comments and things like that on blogs and Instagram and things like that. And someone said something that was very interesting. You know, I don't know if she was lying or not, because many people come on comments and be like, "Well, I'm actually a therapist and I'm a doctor and I da da da." This is what I think. But anyway, whether this person really is a therapist or not. To me, it made sense. Um, and she was basically saying, like, if y'all notice, Britney is dressed like she's like in a time warp. Like, I've been saying that forever. I'm like, why does she dress like it's still 2004? Like, she's always in a midriff top and, you know, her little dukes on, her little daisy dukes and a wedge sandal. And like I said, a terrible eye makeup and those bad extensions like back when Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie and Christina Aguilera were first starting to get into them. And they were just like... They look like clip-ins and anyway, all of that, like the only thing is missing, I swear, is I feel like she has on a thong that she wants to show the the, the little side straps or whatever. That's all she's missing. But she she looks very much like I'm a slave for you, Brittany. Um, and I, I have noticed that and made many comments on that. I'm like, okay, she needs a stylist like to just pull her into 2021, getting ready to be 2022. And, um, you know, figure that out. But anyway, this person that was commenting saying that she was a therapist was saying that the reason why she is kind of um, like that, in her opinion, is because she feels that that was probably the time in her life where she felt the most powerful um, and the most confident. And so it's I think she called it a trauma response to you know that's why she's kind of stuck there and I'm like you know that actually kind of makes sense to me um to be honest it really does so um yeah but Brittany honey 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 um I just think she needs to tread lightly like I said because that she looks crazy like she really does she (laughs) looks crazy and I just I get a kick out of it but it's like okay this is her real life and I don't want her to um end up getting locked down like that again in some crazy conservatorship because I don't think she deserves that I really don't um but God bless Brittany God bless I'm surprised she hasn't taken the video down yet either um, but I'm sure she will get like some tweets or something of her defending herself and, and all of that. So I don't know, but good luck to her. I really do hope she comes out on top and I don't know if she's going to make any more music or what, but I, I would love to see her kind of 
get back to something. I don't think she's quite too already, but you know, we'll see. But moving on, um, so earlier I mentioned Megan Good because she's in the show Harlem, but um, she's actually the hot topic for today as well. And um, she is getting a divorce from her husband, Devon Franklin, and they've been married for nine years. First of all, it does not seem like they've been married that long, but um, time really has went by pretty quickly. But um, it kind of came out in the reports either, I don't know, sometime midweek that um, her and Devon Franklin are getting a divorce, and actually he was the one that filed so I found that to be interesting. And everyone has all these theories of what happened. And they released a statement to uh, people. And um, I decided I didn't want to read it because to me it was just a bunch of bullshit. So I decided not to read it. But if you want to go look at it, you know, you of course, feel free to. But in, to make a long story short, it was just basically like, you know, the same old after much prayer and consideration. And we're going to divorce and we wish each other well and it's no one's fault and we're not upset. We're celebrating great nine years to get blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, girl, what happened? That's what we want to know <laughs> is what happened. Um, but they seem like a really great couple, kind of, you know, unproblematic, didn't have any scandals. It was an odd match at first, but, you know, um, and there have been some rumors swirling for, I don't know, maybe really just about a month or so that they were, uh, separated but I think we got a little confirmation they've been separated for I guess four months now um so you know that makes sense um I hate to see hate to say that I I mean I would like to say that I didn't see this coming but I kind of did in a sense um but I just thought it would be much earlier on and the reason I say this because you know so Devon Franklin is actually he's also a a, a movie producer and I think they met actually on the set of that movie Jumping the Broom um but um you know he's he's a minister I don't know if he has a church or not though but I think you know but I think he's a minister and um not I think he's a minister he is a minister but I'm not sure if he has a church or not um but you know, and of course, Megan Good has, as an adult, although she was a child star, she became a sex symbol as an adult. You know, that's kind of her her thing, honestly, is being kind of the sexy, light-skinned girl, caramel complexion girl in black Hollywood. And so um, that was an odd match in that sense. And so um, I know I had, I had watched an interview of her talking about how they met, and they met on the set of that movie, Jump in the Broom. And, and you know, she was saying how, they were just so different and she had said something along the lines like oh I wish I could marry a man like that but she didn't feel like she actually said she kind of was treating him like he was out of her league because you know she they just she just lived a different life and so um I think when she met him and they started dating she decided to be celibate and um found out a random fun fact that I didn't know that she was a cigarette smoker um and so he didn't like that. And so I guess she quit. And, um, you know, she's known for like sexy roles and things like that. So everyone kind of thought oh, that's an odd pairing. But, you know, hopefully it works. And so my theory is that um, she couldn't take any more 
of the compromising and sacrifices. That's just kind of my theory. Um, you know, he kind of lives that cookie cutter minister life. And we know how that is. He could be a hot mess behind the scenes. But um, they usually are. But um, I, I just think there was probably too many compromises and too many sacrifices made on her end um, to protect his image. Um because, yeah, if she was a cigarette smoker and all of that before and she quit on the strength of him and just the way that looks. And she got a lot of criticism, especially early on, the first two or three years of marriage about not being covered up. And she had a really hard time with church folks, which don't even get me started on that. Like, you know, church, I grew up in the church and, and church folks are just so irritating on a whole nother level. They really need to find them some business. Other than always criticizing somebody. But that takes a toll on you. Like it really does. Like if you if you grew up in the church. The black church. You get it. Like you, you already know. Whether you've experienced it firsthand or not. You have seen it. And you know. You know what it is. And so. There's only so much a person can take of that. And being judged. You know. By her roles. And. You know. Just different things like that. I, I think. That's just my theory. That 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 took a big toll on her and she just really had enough and I think they just grew apart I think she's probably becoming more into herself um I think she's probably moving towards the 40 club um and so I think it's one of those things where she's really really become a grown grown woman and she's probably like you know what I'm gonna be what I'm gonna be I still love the Lord and I still want to have sex I still love the Lord and I still want to this I still love the Lord and I want to do that and I feel like that's a hard thing to do um when you're with someone that has a certain image that they need to protect um I'm sure that was a lot of their disagreements that they've had and you know all of that so I, I but and, and when I say too many compromises, because, you know, the biggest the bigger thing in this conversation, I guess, is just that. I was just talking to a friend about this recently, too, about compromising, like compromising is when I think what people miss the key thing about compromising, compromising is when you're willing to do something that you don't that you didn't really want to do when you're willing to do it. Not just do it because, oh, well, that's what they want and I'll just be nice. But ugh, I really don't want to. That's not compromising. Compromising, I'll give a, a very simple example. Compromising is I tell you that I want chicken for dinner. You tell me you want steak. And I'm like, mm, okay, I did want some chicken, but I don't mind steak. You know, I like steak too, so we'll just have steak for dinner. Okay. That's me compromising and I'm willing to let you have your choice for dinner and it doesn't bother me at all. I'm not going to think about it anymore. A sacrifice is like, I don't even like steak, but since they want steak, let's just have steak for dinner. That's not a compromise. And I think a lot of people do that, the latter, and think that, oh, I've just been so compromising. I'm like, no, boo, you just been getting run over <laughs> and sacrificing. Like, that's not a compromise. And so I think, um, I feel like there's a lot of that that has taken place in their relationship. Of course, we don't know shit, but that is my theory. That she hasn't really made a lot of compromises. She made a lot of sacrifices. And 
as she's like I said becoming more mature you know a woman approach I, like I said I think she's approaching 40 if not 40 already but I, I just yeah but um it's a dangerous thing when a woman gets ready to be 40 there's something about that 35 and up thing about women they really really become coming to their own is what I'm saying and they they it's a wrap like they <laughs> you don't mess with a woman after 35 because I feel like they really begin to really really know who they are and they're not taking anybody's shit and I think that's where she is like oh no I gotta get out of this and it's weird that he filed but I don't know they they're acting like it was all mutual so maybe I, I don't know I don't know why he was the one that filed first but and again sometimes maybe that's an image thing maybe if she filed it would be like oh she left the minister what did Mr. Preacher Man do that was so bad so maybe that's why she didn't file um and I feel like in this relationship in this divorce people are, are gonna blame Megan I feel like they're gonna be like well what did she do um because he was kind of the goody two-shoe at least that was the, the image that was portrayed so um but I feel like, you know, if they're going to be happier apart, then they should do that. I, I am somebody who, you know, I consider myself a Christian. And I would love the Lord and all of that. But I believe that divorce is divorce. And it is there for a reason. And I think it should be used when you want. Um, you know, um, because life really is too short. And to just be in something that you don't want to be in anymore, just for the sake of pleasing God according to church folk so you know that's just my spiel on that um i don't wish divorce on anybody but i just think sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do so um yeah that that's that's my thing on that um but i hope it doesn't get nasty or anything they didn't have any kids that was another theory that was being thrown around because she it's been on record since she didn't want kids for probably the first seven years of their marriage. And within the last couple of years, she's like, yeah, well, I think I do want to be a mom now. So there's a theory that that's been an issue, um, fertility, because I think she froze her eggs or something. And so there's some theories that it may be some fertility issues or some resentment that she waited so long to want to have kids. And that, that can break down a, a marriage. So. You know, that's just another theory that was thrown out there. So who knows? Um, but listen, she's getting on a new wave. Harlem is doing well. I feel like this is getting the best reviews of her career. Because let's face it, she's not been in the greatest movies. Like as an adult, she was in better movies and, and roles as a child. You know, Eve's Bayou is my shit. Um, and, you know, of course, sitcoms like Cousin Skeeter and things like that. But um as far as a meaty role as an adult, I feel like this is really her best work so far. Um, and she's, I feel like she's getting ready to enter in like a really great uh, spike in her career in a really good sweet spot, which is a, which is rare for someone who's been acting since they were a child. And to be in their mid to late 30s, I'm assuming, um, to have just kind of a, a spike in your career it doesn't happen a lot you know like Gabrielle Union had that with being Mary Jane and and things like that so like that you have to ride that wave so I feel like she's getting ready to enter in a really great time in her life 
And it may be time to just spread her wings and, you know, move on, Martha, move on. So, I mean, the best to them, like I said, I hope it doesn't become one of those situations where, uh, I think his name is Devon. Devon doesn't, you know, turn and become crazy and start tweeting up a storm and saying all this nasty shit. I hope it doesn't get like that and exposing stuff. And I hope they keep it cute. I really hope they keep it cute because divorce brings out <laughs> ugly shit in people. You be like, whoa. Um, so I hope they keep it cute, like I said. But I, I do hate to see that they're divorcing because I think they were kind of a quiet couple goals. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't get talked about a whole lot, but um, but they, they felt like kind of couple goals. So, you know, I, I do, I hate to see them that they're, that they're divorcing. But, you know, it is what it is. So I'm going to keep it brief. Those are only two hot topics that I have today. Um, we're getting ready to get into this life class. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to let y'all go. Okay, so today's life class, I wanted to talk about something that um, has just been kind of on my mind a lot lately. And I wanted to talk about the importance of being present. Um, I... This is a big thing for me. Um, I didn't notice it until maybe the last three years in my life about how important it is to be present. Um, I, you know, I know as as people in, in America, especially millennials, we have a lot going on. We have a lot on our minds. We we juggle so many things, work and school and and relationships and entrepreneurial stuff like we just we really have a lot on our plates um and so I find that when we are and you know trying to find time for ourselves self-care and all of that and but I find that when we get in the presence of other people um that we love whether it's romantic family platonic whatever we're not always present and what I mean by that is like you're just not as engaged as I think that you should be. Um, I really pride myself on being present in my interactions with people. And it's because it just, to me, because it's important for me to receive it back. And it really, really frustrates me when I don't. Um, I, I started recognizing how much it meant to me when I started dating, who is now my ex. And, um, when we we started dating um it was something i noticed kind of very early on um like the red flags of that and i just thought oh okay you know he's one of those but it i, I didn't know t to the extent of what it would bother me and so one of the biggest things about not being in prison now that it's just it's the whole tech uh technology you know, the phones are just really kind of the reason why a lot of us are not able to be present. Um, I, I and I try to make it a big habit of mine of like, if I'm out to dinner with you, I put my phone face down. Not because I'm hiding anything. It's just because I don't want to see who's calling or texting. Even if I have someone at my house or if I go to their house, I literally just put my phone away. I, I I mean, I rarely touch it. The entire, I mean, I could be at someone's house for five hours and I I won't really mess with it like that. Um, 
especially if we are in conversation or watching a movie or something like that. I just leave it alone. And so I just think it's very important that we we really need to be more present because it's it's just frustrating. I mean, example, how many times have you watched a movie, even if you're by yourself? How many times have you watched a movie, looked at your phone for what you felt like was like just a couple of seconds? You look up and you realize you have missed five minutes of, of a scene. and You don't know what's happening and whatever you're watching. So then you rewind it. <laughs> then you rewind it too far back. So then you get on your phone again and miss the damn scene again. Like how many times does that happen? I mean, because it, it really does happen. How many times have you been with someone? This is what frustrates me the most. I mean, I get really upset about it too. If we are, if I'm watching a movie or something with somebody and they're in their phone and then something happens and they look over to me and be like, why she doing that? Or why, why did da, 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 da? And I'm like, if you were fucking paying attention, you would know like that drives me nuts. Um, you are not allowed to ask me any questions about a show or movie that we're both sitting on the same couch and watching. You just you cannot ask me what happened or what because you should know what just happened. Um, and it just it really bothers me like it really, really does, because I just feel like we have to cherish the moments that we have, because, again, life is too short. But other, uh, outside of that, just show the other person that we care enough um, to give them our undivided attention. I just I don't know why that is so hard for people, but it really is difficult. Uh, I can remember putting someone out of my apartment one time. This has been several years ago, but we were meeting for the first time and I knew that we should have really went on a date. But anyway, he came over and we kind of did a little Netflix chill thing. So well, so I thought this boy was in his phone the entire time we were having a conversation and um finally i said you know did you come over here to play on your phone or did you come to talk to me and he was a couple years younger than me and he was just like well i'm always in my phone so if that's gonna be a problem i'm just let you know we're gonna have a problem right now because i'm always in my phone and i just remember being like you know what i think maybe you should go and he left and we never spoke again um and i just was kind of like yeah I, I, i'm not i'm not here for that because I, I don't know, I have a genuine interest in other people if I'm going to be with you. Now, when I don't want to be bothered, I don't want to be bothered. So I don't because I actually am someone who I really like being alone. Um, you know, I love watching TV by myself with a snack. <laughs> um, I love um, sitting or laying on my couch in complete silence sometimes and or listening to music or just kind of vibing like i have friends that call me sometimes i'll be like damn it's quiet over there what you doing you know and i'll be like nothing they be like i don't hear a tv bitch or nothing <laughs> and i'm just like sometimes i'm just chilling like i'm just quiet with my thoughts and all of that and that really bugs people out for whatever reason and i'm just like you know i know how to be by myself and spend time with my own thoughts that way, that's why when I get with other people, I'm not distracted by, oh, God, nah, when I get home, I got to do this and da 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 tomorrow, da 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 I'm not thinking about any of that shit because I've already had my time to do that. Um, I'm also not a warrior, not a worry wart at all. I used to be, but I'm, I don't care about anything now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, like, that's another reason, too, is that a lot of us don't take enough time to have, like, self-care. So we're just constantly our mind is always on a loop. You know, I have a friend like that in my life right now. Like he, 
we, we will get together and it's just like if he's not talking, he's in his phone or completely distracted. Like he could be staring at the TV and still be like, what happened? I don't even know what was going because he's, he's in his head. Or if he is talking, it's like he's thinking out loud, like he's going through his like to do list and all that. And I'm like, I don't give a damn. I'm like, why are you telling me all of that? You know, but his just mind is just so focused on you know his life and he just doesn't take a time to like pause i hope he doesn't get mad at me for talking about this but anyway like um but yeah he just doesn't like take a pause and i'm somebody i leave things where they are like when work is over work is over i'm not talking about work until the next day um when i'm at work um there's just certain things i leave where where it's at and so I think that's a, a important part about being present too. But y'all, we have to be more present. Like we have to give people our undivided attention. I know we come from a multitasking generation. I'm very guilty of that. Um, you know, but we we have to just learn to get more uh, present with each other and even with ourselves. Um, and so that's really what I have to say so I challenge you guys to be more present I know you guys will be listening to this Christmas Eve I challenge y'all to be really present during the holidays with your family and loved ones um get out of your damn phone you know what I mean like that's like when people who are like 30 and under in my family get together they all sit around a table together and they're all in their phones the only time they talk to each other is when they're like look at this look at that look at this TikTok look at that and you should be watching them like wow they don't really interact with each other um, you know, and I know some people do the whole corny, like you got to put your phone in a box when you come, that doesn't really go over well for a lot of people. So, um, you know, but yeah, I just think that that's, that's the assignment, you know, this week is to be more present over the holidays with your loved ones, because, you know, tomorrow's not promised, you know, COVID is acting a fucking fool and people are dying, um, I think I'm just more sensitive to that because I've just had a couple of deaths in my life and all that recently. But yeah, like, you know, you just have to cherish that time. So, um, yeah, be more present, be more present, but that's all I have for y'all today. Um, I think it's still in there being kind of log, but that's all right. I think that's just the way it's going to be. Um, as I said, make sure you guys rate me and thank you for the ones who have, also, sometimes leave me a review. Some of y'all send like the sweetest text messages and DMs to me, like just being like, oh, the, the show is dope or, you know, that part was funny, whatever. Like I would love for y'all to like leave those review, like leave that in like comment form on a review or, you know, even if you just shout me out on social media or something like that. I appreciate the ones that I've already have. Um, you know, my boo, Brit Brit. Thank you again. <laughs> I, know I just gave you a nickname. Now you Brit Brit. But anyway, um, but yeah, like I, I, I really appreciate that. So um, I, I'm going to keep riding this thing and, and, you know, and it's only up from here. But happy holidays to whoever, you know, whatever you celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah, <laughs> Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. And um, I will see y'all or not see y'all. I never see y'all. But y'all will be hearing me, uh, I guess, New Year's Eve. Yeah. So um I love y'all for listening. Until next time, cheers.